Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Hey everyone, just a quick note before we get started. Uh, we run into a couple of technical difficulties today, but it's not that long, 30, 45 seconds, but I just want to let you know, if you'll bear with us, uh, it goes, it passes pretty quickly. So enjoy the episode and sorry for the technical difficulties. Peace. All right, so today we are going to wrap up, in theory, our uh series on if hell isn't real then why go to church um just a great question um that really we've uh this is the third episode so i guess it's been pretty good and you know we've kind of gone through some different things about um breaking down it, it's uh through this process of what it you know what is hell first off so if hell isn't real um and we kind of talked about that and we talked about what there is that people believe hell is, um, and then kind of what we believe hell is and so on. And today we're going to kind of, uh, talk about what, uh, church means to us. So if there is no hell, why go to church? Well, here's why we go to church, um, is the purpose of this episode. <laughs> that was a terrible intro. Anyway, we'll roll with it. <laughs> so, what Tom? And this is just a provocative title because it, none of us seems to have said that hell wasn't real. Actually, we're just tricking people to listen to this. <laughs> right, right. It's like adding, you know. Yeah, I won't even go down that road. <laughs> Anytime you throw but, sex but in we, a sermon series or something, or the word sex in something, everyone shows up. Oh, I want to know here about this. Yeah, it's really important to me. Right. right? But but we had said hell is not how it was portrayed to us in the the hell that we heard about in the evangelical world is not not biblical and not part of the church tradition. It's a relatively modern concept right right for sure just to sum it up <laughs> thank you tom thank you very much okay. all right so sure. why church then why do we still go to church you know if, if um i mean i guess the the uh answers in the in what you just said because you know we some people say you know some people believe that hell isn't real so, um you know as we've talked about i've talked about many times we had that idea that the hell is at the is the hot place at the center of the earth, and um, you know because it's hot there. Which is what outside feels like right now. <laughs> yes, it is. It is hell in Oklahoma right now. <laughs> you know, I was I was saw an image. Wow, this is going to be a bad day. Um, like the concrete is like a at if it's a hundred degrees, ninety five degrees outside, the concrete's like a hundred and twenty five degrees. Don't walk your puppies very long, gang. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very that hot. That's true. Very hot. Um, okay, so let's start. Um, I don't know who wants to begin with why church. So um, Tom looks fully awake here. He's got a little bit of coffee in him. Tom, why go to church? Well, the reason we went to church 
at least part of the reason we went to church, we've said, was to get our get a, get out of hell free card. Right. That's why we responded at camp when we were kids or came down at that revival to the 15th verse of Just As I Am. <laughs> just walk so up there, we, kid. You all sang Just As I Am at camp? Well, I was yeah. mentioning two examples. One was the camp. The second one, I was subliminally referring to a, a revival. But um, my point is, we... N.T. Wright says we've reduced the Christian faith to um, escapism, basically. Like, we're trying to avoid this eternal punishment. But that's not... And I think it's because we had a wrong view of what happens after we die, and we have a wrong view of salvation. Hmm. So so I would say the reason we go to church is because what... We read in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says this. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature. That's a big statement. You are... Joining with God's nature. The Greek word for that is theosis. You're moving into God. And then it says in verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, goodness knowledge, knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Christ. The point is, um, salvation, I don't go to church so that if God, Jesus comes back, I'm going to get to go to heaven. Um, I am going to church because salvation, the process of Moving into God, theosis, is about us growing and changing over time to be the image of Christ. And it's not. Oh, we lost, we lost Tom. Light. Those are all good things. Tom, we lost you for a minute. We heard the image of Christ. But, did you lose me? Am I still here? <laughs> yeah, you are now. But we heard image of Christ. Yeah. Can you hear me? I just got. Sorry. Technical um, difficulties. My point is, we're we're joining with God. We're becoming like God. We're participating in God's nature, and the only way you do that is through the traditional Christian disciplines of prayer, silence. Um, feeding the poor, uh, fasting, feasting, all those old ancient things. It's about being shaped and formed into something. And and to do that, you have to submit yourself to some sort of thing that's bigger than yourself, to a discipline practice. Uh, it's not about um, 
getting my get out of hell free card. That's paganism <laughs> rewrapped and called Christianity. It is about participating in God's nature, being formed into the image of Christ. And that does not happen in isolation. And so that's my long, long born man. The divine nature piece, if that's what um, theosis, and that's what we are moving mm -hmm. towards, and that would in turn create a heaven on earth scenario if we all participated well, yeah. in that, Everybody, right? Yeah, I mean, you're going to become more loving, more grace filled, more merciful more gentle, mm -hmm. more giving and generous. It doesn't take many people doing that to change the world, but if, mm -hmm. but it, it does kind of ruin the world. If you have a bunch of people thinking we just need to get our get out of health free card, it causes you to become vindictive, judgmental. It makes you think your salvation is about gaining knowledge. As we said many times on this, knowledge puffs up, love builds up. The Anglican answer, the Episcopal answer is praying shapes believing. So as we do these things, we change. Sorry, I'm, I'm ranting too much. It's a good rant. It's a good rant. Yeah, and that's that, I can appreciate that because you, um, I feel like um, there is a mentality out there that I can go say the right things. Um, if it's even as simple as I believe in Jesus, you know, um, and then all else is a write off. Um, and, um, and it is <laughs> maybe, but, um, but that's not as you have, um, placed well is said, well, is that, uh, that it is more than that. Um, it is not just the, well, you know, I'll just say this words and then uh, who cares. Right. Um, so, okay. Everett, you should be all primed to jump in. Go for it, dude. Well, you know, I, I, I sort of feel like one of the great, um, enemies of the question about church is, is sort of the opposite one of, you know, get out of hell <clears throat> is, you know, sort of this, you know, sort of nihilism that, that nothing, in the end, nothing really matters. And so all there is, is this life and, and enjoy it to, you know, enjoy it to its fullest. Right. So, so you have this, 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 so one side is, is that we're so afraid um, of, of that, which we call God, um, that we have to, we have to threaten people into a relationship Right. So, you know, hell and, you know, you know, do you want to see your, your loved one again someday? You know, that kind of stuff. I think there's a, a, a similar, but um, as, as destructive force, which is sort of this, you know, what does it matter? Let me just live my fullest life. Let me live my best life now. I'll consume as much as I want. I'll, you know, just whatever I want to do is is fine. Um, and I think that 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 temptation and that sort of cultural draw towards nihilism um, 
in, in the end is deeply unsatisfying. Um, and so, I mean, on one hand, it sounds great. Oh, I get to do whatever I want. There's no consequences. Um, but, but it's a very real thing that, um, you know, it doesn't, it's not going to lead us any to anywhere better. Yeah. So a long way of saying, you know, in the end, um, you know, Jesus is the only thing that makes sense. So tie that back to the church thing. You're saying nihilism is the alternative. Right. I mean, I, I, I think that there's sort of this, this sense of, of either, you know, the, the God is just so huge, we have to be afraid. And, and another option is, is that, you know, none of this stuff and, and earth really matters. So why do we care what we do or don't do? Um, you know, let's just eat, drink and be merry. It's Hevel. Um, Hevel, Hevel, yeah. Hevel, as Ecclesiastes. <laughs> it's vapor. So I... Yeah, so I mean, and and so that to me is is also deeply unsatisfying. Um, that for me, that there is something um, that is convicting and true about Jesus, um, and and so I don't want to be so afraid of Jesus that I have to keep him at arm's length, but I also don't want to be so self-absorbed in my own desires that there's nothing bigger than than myself. There's a, and, and, uh, you know, behind that is the church and the church being misunderstood, I would say, within uh, the culture, you know, more so for my upbringing and what it was and maybe how it was presented me to me, maybe how I interpreted it, because I don't want to tag my interpretation, um, you know, or incorrect on just some people who were trying to love me and teach me. But um, that idea is that when someone shows up, they expect everybody at church to be perfect. They expect them to never do anything to harm them physically, verbally. And then when that is found out, it's like, well, wait a second. What the hell's the point of this whole thing? Because Joe was an ass. (laughs) And mm-hmm. we hang that perfectionism up on Christians. And in reality, um, and this is over, not over said, but it's a lot. I mean, it's a, you know, a hospital for sinners is what the church is. But I don't think we really take that to heart. We just like that, you know, that's a cute saying. It's a hospital for sinners or something like that, you know. And, um, but that's really what it is, is it's people who are, um, saying, oh, back to camp, this is just as I am, this is what I am, <laughs> and and I am forgiven, I will try, I will fail, um, and, and that's okay, but we don't, it doesn't end there, we need to reconcile, we need to ask forgiveness, we need to try our best not to hurt and harm, um, but many people look at the church and, and you know, they hate the people, um, for, for trying to be perfect and, tr- and being hypocritical and all these things. And so they never want to step into the door again. I, I say church, and I, I'm just saying that I'm not referring to the building, uh, but the greater, um, the, the people, the followers of Christ, even though we do meet in a building, that's usually what we refer to. 
Um, so that's part of that too. And that's part of like, well, if I can just, you know, if I don't have to go here and deal with all these people and I can stay home and just enjoy my, um, and I'll just stop there <laughs> what I want, then why not? I think that's like the nihilism part, right? Yeah. And, and that's, I, I could see that, you know, so go ahead, Tom. You were cutting out a lot there for me. Hopefully it's not on the recording. Hopefully that's just on my end. I think it's on your end, buddy. I think it's on your end, buddy. <laughs> Am I cutting out a lot right now? Not now. Okay. Good. So, I, you know, so I, 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 I think that the answer about church, the answer about church is because of Jesus. And if Jesus matters and if Jesus is the one who saves us in every way in which we can be saved, that's why the church matters. Uh, now, there are some people who come to church and love the church because it, it's, a, it, it, it's, a great, um, it's a great place to have community. Um, it's a great place to, um, you know, to find others who, who want to serve and, and who, who care for others. It's, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people might go to church, but in the end, um, you know, church is about a community who is following Jesus. And so, you know, I think it's that in some ways it goes down to that. Why Jesus. And why can't I do that at the country club? Right. You know, so that's something too. It's like, well, if I I can go play bridge, you know, that's an interesting thing. I can go play. I, I've chose bridge. Sorry to all the bridge players out there. Poker, I don't care what it is. You can just show up. You can do a mixer, potluck dinners, everything you want, and play golf at the country club. And there's probably less fuss and you know, uh, I don't want to say abuse, but there's probably less to deal with at a country club than there is church. <laughs> But, but that's an interesting thing because it's, uh, people is the point. I mean, being with just kind of like, as you said, being with people is the point. Um, but then when you inject Jesus in that, and I don't want, I'm not going to let you get away with just Jesus. It's cause of Jesus. And because I feel like that's a very simple thing to say, but sometimes it doesn't mean anything. So when you say because of Jesus, what exactly does that mean ever explain that? Well, okay. So, um, some people will say, well, the music, you know, I love, I love, you know, great, you know, music and, and, and churches are oftentimes a place where you get great music. And, but there's a lot of places where I can go and I can find great music. Some people, might say, well, you know, the church is committed to the service of others. Well, there's lots of places mm -hmm. in which, right. you know, I can go and I can serve. Right. Um, so, so when I say that, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that there's, a, there, there's, a, there's places that you can go and get everything that the church offers. The one thing that the Rotary Club or the symphony is not going to offer, um, is a relationship with Jesus. Which in turn goes back to, I'm going to say molding us into that divine nature um, 
that relationship is what in turn molds us into the divine nature that Tom spoke of earlier, which you are not getting by being at the, you know, Philharmonic or the country club or whatever else. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Tom, jump in. And am I still cutting out? I don't think so. Good. So I, I would say, I don't think it's the way it was. So it's not like when I was a kid, I was at church every time the doors were open. You know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, all the extra stuff. I'm not saying you have to do that. Um, you know, there are desert. I said you cannot do this in isolation. You got to submit yourself to a community, a discipline, a practice. So you can be formed into something. But there were desert fathers and mothers who did do it in isolation. But even those folks came together once a month for the Eucharist. And even those folks, uh, they were they were in isolation so that they could do these practices of that community, which were silence, which were... Uh, the cycle of prayer, which were prayer, which was listening to God, all those things. So I'm not saying you have to um, be there every time the doors are open, but I am saying it's it's a different approach for sure. But and it's not about perfection because to me this robs us of the need to search for that because. We've accepted that this is a long-term process that takes time mm. and commitment, mm -hmm. but also is full of grace and mercy and has room for failure. And But I would say if you have to ask the question, you might be in the wrong church. That might be the wrong way to say it. And I don't mean church denomination. I just mean community, specific community because, I mean, as I'm talking about this i'm questioning everything we do at our parish and i'm wondering am i offering hmm. chances for people to do this through our community am i offering um a chance for people to participate in i don't know morning prayer evening prayer uh, more regular eucharist am i challenging them to we are doing a good job at challenging them to feed the poor. We are doing a good... There are many things we're good at, but we can always do better. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, and I, I know. And I would say, and I would, um, you know, caution you to... Remember, you're not Jesus, buddy. Okay, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. And I don't want to... <laughs> you know... In thinking about it, probably added three gray hairs to my beard. I, but, uh, I, I do the same. I do the same, but, and... But, but if Todd wasn't worried or or, or second guessing himself, would it be Tom? <laughs> that's right. I want to I want to I want to read I want to read something um, okay. to you, and this is a bishop, and uh, is it Benace, who is a retired bishop of Georgia? He wrote this. He goes Georgia uh, years ago when I was recruiting at one of our seminaries. I ended each interview by doing a role play with them. I'd play who I was, a 50-something, overeducated, occasionally uh, pissant, straight, white male. I asked each seminary to tell me why I should join their church. They mm. all mentioned community, and I said, well, I attend AA. I have all the support I need. Mm. 
they mentioned outreach opportunity. I said, well, I'm an active member of Rotary. I was already fully involved in helping needy folk. Mm. Lastly, they mentioned the Glorious Music Program. And I said, well, I have season tickets to the local symphony. I already enjoy great music. I waited patiently for some mention of how their church can meet my greatest need, namely to be reconciled with God through Jesus Christ by his cross. Mm. That's great timing. I can't, we don't have long enough, and you people would stop listening if I told you why I, why my church saved my life and what it has done to others in that wake. Uh, wake sounds like a negative thing, but it's not. Um, and I don't know how to explain that. Um, and I've said this before, me and Jesus, we have our times, but Jesus has also shown up to me in the people. And Tom told me a little bit of story about grace before we got on the call and just how, because he didn't say something, being a priest to someone, how it changed their life. Just because he didn't chide them for doing something that is looked upon or frowned upon. And those are the kind of things that that's what I see. It is that, um, you know, it always reminds me of when uh, the Pharisees will say, drag the woman in front of Jesus and like, you know, she was an adulterer. We should stone her, you know, and he says, cast the first stone um, for if you, those who are without sin, cast the first stone. And to me, that's that kind of thing that really in this world right now, because everyone is ready with stone in hand to chunk that sucker <laughs> immediately, yeah. immediately. And to go in knowing, and, and, and that's the other thing is I feel like people walk into church, many people, not everybody, a lot of people walk into church ready to receive the stone. And, you know, um, and for me, thank God, it did not go that way. And uh, from that um, has came so much, has, has come from much, so much. And so for me, that's why the church is so important is because of that Christ-centered community that love me um, and my family and so on. Um, and so that, that's what's so important to me. And I, I can only hope that others get to experience that within a community that is Christ-centered. Uh, I know it doesn't always happen, but, um, you know, that's the hope, I think. So, all right, we're getting close to the end here. So, um, final. Justin, if, that had, if what you just said had been the intro to our episode, we'd have a thousand listeners. Oh, sorry, I can move it to the front. I'm just kidding. <laughs> The, the payoffs yeah, at the you end. Should, you should, uh, and yeah, that's true. You should do <laughs> I that. I mean, here's, I mean, I mean, Justin, me, I, I don't. It made me really don't. want to hear your story. Hmm. Yeah, if, I want to hear your story. I mean, I. Testimony, I mean, dude. That's what I was laughing I don't about. Know. It's testimony. <laughs> yeah. Tell us how the church saved your life. Oh, man. I, in three that's minutes. That's what everyone wants to hear right now. Yeah. Five. Uh, take take ten. No one will care. I feel like I've already told that, this story, but um, so you know, it's something that you know Tom would talk about too in past episodes. Um, 
it's how, so I grew up in a very conservative church. We would call it, we refer to as fundamental. Um, and, um, and it, the people were so loving and so in my life, but what I took away from that was, um, there are only, uh, now I'm going to fail at telling the story, man. You guys put me on the spot, <laughs> so I'll give it a try. Um, there is only don't, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. And so, um, when I left the church, if you will, um, there was that, that was what was in my mind. And I, I always, I love that idea knowing that someone walked away from the church. I, I say, I love it. I'm sorry. That's not what I mean. But when someone leaves the church, they don't immediately change their theology and how they think about church or anything like that. So I was not going to church thinking that church is still all about don't do this, don't do that, or you go to hell. <laughs> and that's it. That's all it was. You can't sin or you go to hell. And if you keep sinning, God for, does stops forgiving you for those sins. And so I went on my rock and roll hiatus um, for years and, um, and still, and just thought about that. I mean, you can go back and I've said this too, uh, God, we've been doing this a long time, guys. This is episode 99. But if you go back and read the lyrics that I wrote, um, I mean, it's just all over about this stuff. And so when I came back to the church, um, my buddy was going to an Episcopal church. I walked in the door and, um, I was expecting because I had been away and I was a sinner and I needed to get right with Jesus and all these things. Um, sidebar, I shouldn't do this real quick, but I also thought that I left God and that was a very important thing for me as if I could actually leave God, which is a funny concept. But when you're, you know, I don't know when I, when you were who I was back then, that was a mentality. Like you could actually get away from God and which is it's in now I understand is impossible. Um, so when I walked back in front in the doors of the church, I was guarded up. I had uh, hair down in the middle of my back. I, <laughs> you know, that, that was a thing in Oklahoma, long hair. And so I was prepared to be uh, stoned, if you will. And someone came up to me on pretty sure the first Sunday and told me, um, an extremely, uh, this is a bad example. <laughs> they told me a dirty they joke. Told you an inappropriate joke. They told me an inappropriate joke. <laughs> and it took that stone and broke down that wall I had built around me to be safe, to, to care for myself and keep myself safe in walking back into the church. And by telling me an inappropriate joke. The next thing was, is that in, in sometime in the near future, someone handed me a beer in the parish hall and I was like, oh my God, am I going to get struck by lightning? And all these thoughts and things, and this wall started to crumble of what I had built up about how God hated me because I insert whatever here, <laughs> drank beer, had long hair, you know, um, whatever it was, uh, so many things I could sit and go on and on. And those two things, oddly enough, are what began to, um, allow me to see the church differently. And without those, I would have never have opened myself up, which is required also to receive from the community. 
And so just in that, if someone would have came up to me and, you know, no one would have done this, but if someone would have said, hippie, I'm out, that may have been the end of things. If I would have walked into the church with a hat on and someone would have gone, take that hat off, you're disrespecting God, I would have never have walked in the door again. And I would have said, screw you, and I'm out. That's how powerful words are, but that's also how, and you'll probably accept that in a negative way. That's how powerful they are in a negative way, but that's also how powerful they are in a positive way um, is by walking into a church and someone telling you an appropriate joke or handing you a beer breaks everything down. And it's so funny. Those two things are what are, are, and now look, I'm 22 years later. I'm a youth minister, have been for seven years because someone told me a dirty joke and hand me a beer. (laughs) And that's how Jesus works. That's how Jesus works. Exactly what you would expect. Our society expects us to look at things and, and if they're not right and to cancel those suckers and get them out of here and don't ever let them do that again. And that's, and Jesus says, no. And that's part of what this community did for me and still does for me today. Every day that I am a part of this community, they are forgiving me, they are offering me grace, and they are building me up to continue. And that is love. And they got that from being in a community that is Christ-centered because Jesus has touched and taught each one of these people. And they feed that and remind me of that even when I forget it on a regular basis. When I'm sitting down in the middle of doing centering prayer, I can get so down on myself and I'm a failure. Just like Tom tried to do a second ago. I got to start teaching this church about this and that. And buddy, I I know you have more than anybody (laughs) have taught that church. And, And that's what it is about it. And I hope I'm, I hope this is as clear as a bell because I can be very ambiguous sometimes on things, but, um, but that's what it means to me. And, uh, people gave me a chance and they did not condemn me immediately or, or they didn't back all of these, you know, false thoughts I had about the church in my mind. And, um, and they gave me life. They gave me community, but most importantly, they gave me the love and grace and forgiveness that Christ gave others. And so, um, I think that covers it. How's that? (laughs) I could keep keep going. (laughs) Well, if you're still listening, tell us why you walked into church. Who invited you? My buddy, Jim. And where did you meet him? Uh, playing rock and roll music. Whoa. Yeah. Deacon, Deacon, (laughs) Deacon, Jim. And I played rock yeah, music, yeah. and man, we were some hellions. <laughs> we were some hellions. And, and when I went to Boston to play um, with my band, uh, he would email me. And he's like, hey, man, I joined the church. Hey, man, I'm praying for you. Hey, love you. Um, which is really funny because then it goes down even further, and now people are starting to stop listening. But it's because his daughter asked his, her mom to go find a church. So it's actually all from his daughter whose Mm. mom found St. Patrick's because it was, I'll stop there. But anyway, it was different Episcopal church. And then in turn, Cindy, his wife brought Jim and then Jim reached out to me and so on and so forth. And so, yeah. So way to go, Aaron. (laughs) Hey, Aaron. 
<laughs> so. I'm gonna say listen. Yeah. So there you go, man. Um, I wish everybody could have a story like mine. I know everybody has their own. And um, man, I just I I beg you to keep looking, keep giving it a try, um, because Christians can suck. Oh my God, they can suck. Um, you know, and um, but they can not suck too, <laughs> and they can be life giving, and. Um, and uh, but at the same time, it's not about just the Christians, right? So as as Everett says, it's about Jesus. Okay, I got to stop. I'm going to keep babbling on. Anything else to add, Everett? Nope. I think nope. we covered it. Sweet, Tom. You good? I, yes. All right. That was episode 99. Thanks for listening. Sorry for the technical difficulties. And uh, you know, feel free to ask questions about my story or anything else or. Tom or Everett online or anything like that, reach out to us. We'd be happy to respond. And next episode is the big one zero zero. That'll be interesting. We'll have to, you know, get some fireworks and, um, you know, maybe some good coffee this time. So thank you all so much for listening. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at, at fun drain pot. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.